This is Awareness Explorers. Welcome back, Awareness Explorers. Great to have you. I am the co-host, Jonathan Robinson. I am with my other co-host, Brian Tom O'Connor. And today we are going to be exploring exploration or the art of how to explore. You know, we've gotten a lot of comments over the three or four years we've done this, Brian, where people, you know, say, hey, you guys, you know, work well together and you're good at exploring things. And we've even gotten comments, how, how long did it take you to think about these topics? And you know, it's really very short. Sometimes it's just a few minutes right before we go on the air. But <laughs> we have a method to our madness as to how to explore any topic. And we want to teach people how to do that. And there's a lot of, as we, as you and I explored before this podcast, there's a lot of distinctions as to how to do that that most people don't know about. So we'll certainly talk about that. But when we came up with this topic of exploring how to explore a topic, what popped into your head? Well, first of all, I really enjoy our planning sessions before we have a topic. You and I usually get together and sometimes we, we do a little planning before we go on. But most of the time we meet a few days ahead and have a really long conversation at the end of which we said, gee, we should have just recorded that because they're really interesting conversations. And we never know whether a topic is going to work. We try out a topic and we talk about it and, and we say, mm, I'm not sure. But then something clicks on certain topics where we both find it really interesting and find it has a lot of different facets. And one other thing I might add is that this is something that we hope to help you folks out there do with your friends and uh, fellow explorers together, exploring topics. Absolutely. That's basically what we hope to accomplish in this exploration is teaching what are the elements of exploration. And um, one thing I would disagree, every time we mention a topic, we always at some point end up exploring that topic. I don't think there's been a time where we said, no, we don't have enough material because we, there's always material to explore any topic if you are good at exploring topics. And if you're not good at exploring topics, no topic is good to explore. You know, people, I mean, God or life or the meaning of life or politics or anything has plenty of room for exploration, but not if you have a closed mind. So I think the first step is you have to have the right mindset to explore. And the right mindset certainly involves curiosity. It certainly involves open-mindedness, but it also involves um, a method or an idea that comes from improvisation, which is yes and. When somebody says something, you don't say, ah, eh, that's no good, or I don't agree with that immediately. You say, well, there's some truth to that and, or yeah, I agree with you and. So you're always going deeper rather than stopping the exploration because when you disagree with someone without adding something to it then you don't really get anywhere yes and one thing i was absolutely fascinated with when we talked about it is um 
we were talking about, well, how do you do spiritual exploration with your friends or your family? And you said, well, how do you do it? And I, I said, I'm not sure. I just kind of wing it. And I said, what do you do? And you said, well, I have a formula. And then we went through it and you listed 10 steps to this formula, which I thought were really terrific. I hope we can cover some of them today. I'm sure we will. I'm sure we will. And I was just doing that off the top of my head. You know, when you ask a good question, like what's the formula, I had to come up with something. And that was the beginning of our exploration. But, you know, in terms of the right mindset, before we go into specific questions and techniques, I think you have to realize that you're not the world's expert and that the people you're talking with, whether it be one person or a group, that they all have a piece of the puzzle. Everybody has a piece of the puzzle. And when you realize that you only have one piece of the puzzle or maybe a couple pieces and other people have other pieces, then it opens your mind a bit and it allows you to realize that, that it's a collaboration to go deeper and to learn new stuff in any topic you're exploring that it's not you lecturing, it's not you explaining, it's you collaborating with other people just like a band plays music. And if one person, if the drummer takes, takes all the sound of a band, you don't have a song, you have a solo. And that's not real exploration. That's right. Not everything is more cowbell. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I was actually talking to a really good friend and I asked her what her advice was in exploration because she's quite good at it. And she said, it's important to not have an outcome in mind. Like I'm trying to get you to see the light, Brian. And sometimes I fall into that, but it's better when I don't have a, a clear outcome in mind. And we are doing this to dive into the unknown together. Right. And this is not only uh, good for exploring particular topics related to spirituality or any topic. These are principles for every conversation that you have or every interaction with other people. Because we often have conversations with people and we're not really listening to each other openly. We're sort of planning what we're going to say. And uh, so I think that the... Can you say that again? I wasn't listening. Uh... <laughs> it's okay. I bet you we'll just uh, ask you to listen to the recording again. Okay. <laughs> but listening, speaking of listening, that's such an important skill. And as a matter of fact, um, the guided meditation at the end of this is going to focus on actually listening from awareness as a skill that you can apply both to spiritual exploration of topics and to any conversation that you have in your life. I'm glad you brought up that this isn't just a skill for spiritual exploration. It's a skill for connecting with people. Yeah. And um, listening is certainly a part of that. And the good news is that most people are terrible listeners. So if you just become a mediocre listener, you'll stand out as being something special. You know, it's really not easy to listen. You really have to let go of your position, let go of your rehearsing your rebuttal, let go of having an agenda to really listen to what somebody has to say. 
And that in a way nowadays is like a spiritual quality because most people don't know letting go of agenda, letting go of rehearsing well enough that they are actually good listeners. That's right. And, and you mentioned having a position. A positionality is one of the major obstacles to um, spiritual awakening. Uh, mm -hmm. This sort of being so attached to your position when in reality, our true nature has no position. Mm -hmm. Right. That's why listening from awareness can be so helpful because that means you don't have a position in that moment. You're open to whatever shows up. Yeah. There's a bunch of other obstacles and it's worth mentioning those because you know, one obstacle can keep you from exploration for the rest of your life. So it's good to know what those obstacles are because if you can't listen, you can't really explore with somebody. You don't need the other 10 obstacles that one will do, you know? So it's important to know what these are because any one of them can really curtail actual exploration and connection. So one I notice is people lecturing, you know, you're coming from being an expert or people explaining rather than exploring. You know, so if I ask you, why did you do that? You could explain, oh, I did that because blah, blah, blah. But that's different than you exploring, why did I do that? And I think those are two that I see come up a lot. Yes, and there's a certain equality to exploring together as opposed to one person explaining to another. Mm -hmm. you're, you're, you're on the same wavelength. You're together. You're on equal footing. You're not, no one's above or below the other. And it feels so much better. Actually, I do like lecturing, so that does feel pretty good. <laughs> but I prefer the, what you and I tend to do when we're at our best which is I feel like we are both bringing half the goods to the table. And instead of one half and one half equaling one fourth, as it sometimes does in conversation, <laughs> one half plus one half feels like we create one whole. We have one really, really great brain between us <laughs> when we explore well. Right, right. And speaking of the obstacles, I, I noted down some of the others. Uh, you mentioned explaining and lecturing. There's also interrupting and changing subjects. Well, let, let me interrupt you about that. Okay. For a moment there, Brian. Interruption, the average person does it 12 times a day, as I just did. And in a way, an interruption says what you have to say is kind of unimportant. And it's wasting a few precious seconds of my time. So let me stop you right now so I can tell you what's really important. That's what you're really saying when you interrupt. And people don't normally uh, do kindly with that message, but it's so common that we don't realize what a low manifestation it is. So interruption certainly does keep people from this common exploration space that we're really after. Right, and is that related to changing subjects? Well, changing subjects is a form of interruption in a certain way. You know, you wanted to talk about baseball and I say, well, what do you think about the weather? What do you think about what just happened in, in Ukraine or whatever? That's I'm interrupting, not your sentence, but I'm interrupting your subject. 
Right. And so we really have to have the same subject, which is the next obstacle in your list, lack of joint intention. Yeah. If you want to explore A and I want to explore B, we're not going to get anywhere because we're going in different directions. So I sometimes tell people to, what's the subject here? What, what is it that we're trying to explore? What's the topic? Because you need buy-in from everyone on the same topic, or you're not doing exploration. You're just shouting at each other and hoping somebody dominates in, in that case. Right. And how would you define buy-in? Would you like to talk about exploration, Brian? Sure. Yeah, that's buy-in. Okay. Would you like to talk about politics, Brian? I'd prefer not to. That's not buy-in. Okay. <laughs> Very good. It's simpler than I thought. Yeah. And, and it's important that you find something that both people or more agree that, yeah, let's talk about that. Right. You know, because when one person dominates, which is another obstacle, then you're not really doing exploration. You're doing a lecture. Right, right. Another obstacle that people have is that they think they're talking about the same subject, but they're not really talking about the same subject. So one of the times when I was on the Oprah show, um, she was taking questions from my book called uh, Little Book of Big Questions. And she was taking it to the audience. And she asked a woman, uh, do you believe in God? And the woman said, absolutely not. And Oprah said, well, do you believe in a loving force in the universe? And the woman said, yeah. And do you believe that loving force has intelligence and we can tune into that through listening or through our hearts? And the woman said, absolutely. And the, Oprah said, well, that's interesting because that's my definition of God. So in my definition of God, you believe in God. In your definition, whatever that is, ends up it was a, a man with a beard that was in the sky that smited people. Uh, she did not believe in it. Smited, is that a word, Brian? I, it might be smote, but uh, smote. I totally okay. knew what you meant when you said smited. And smote yeah, yeah. doesn't really sound like a past tense word, does it? Right, right. But, you know, so you have to define terms, otherwise you might not be talking about the same subject, even though you think you're talking about the same subject. Yeah, that's right. You know, when I, I was in a spiritual group for 26 years, that was very good at spiritual exploration. And we would do it and we kind of had certain techniques we used and we were aware of a certain obstacles. And when I left the group, I realized that people don't have any training in this. It's not like you need a, a, a 20 week course. I think you, everything I know will be covered in our exploration today. But I realized, oh, people don't know how to do this. What they do instead usually is everybody just gives their opinions. And, you know, which is interesting if two people are doing it, when five people are doing it, it just is like chaos. And there's certainly no learning going on. So that's another thing is that you have to let go of, of just focusing on opinions and do more of asking questions. Right. I mean, with that, would you say that comes under the obstacle lack of open-mindedness or is that separate? No, I think it's separate if, because 
you can have an open mind and still give your opinions, but if you're just giving your opinions, it's going to keep you from exploration, as will not having an open mind will also right. keep you from exploration. That's right, right. And the last obstacle you mentioned was lack of silence or space. Hmm. It's hard to do. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't you mention or talk about that? Well, we do, by habit, tend to want to fill in the gaps. Yeah. And sometimes we're not comfortable with quiet moments, except mm -hmm. for people we are really comfortable with. And it makes life so much easier or makes interaction so much easier when you're okay with not talking for a moment. And of course, silence is one of the doorways to awareness and self-realization. Yeah, and I think silence cannot just be a doorway to awareness, but it can be a doorway to more depth and better questions and more insight. You know, when there's no silence, we tend to be more in our head. But when there's a moment of silence, it's like, well, where am I now? Or what, what am I thinking now? And there's a deeper quality that often occurs after moments of silence. Yes, and we have often talked about Rupert Spira on this program. And one thing I noticed about him in his retreats during the question and answer periods, people will ask him a question and he doesn't just answer right away. Mm -hmm. He sits, he's silent, and he just lets the answer bubble up from within. And he was once asked about that. He said he's not actually sitting there planning what to say. He's sitting there waiting for the answer to appear. Mm, that's beautiful. I like yeah. that. Yeah. Wow. So getting more into the nuts and bolts of how one does it. We mentioned, you know, silence, defining terms. So if we're talking about, like last time we were talking about reverence, awe, and devotion. And I had a slightly different hit on devotion than you did. Like I think of devotion to gurus, and you were saying things like, well, you could be devoted to a concept like truth. And then I realized, oh, and I'm very much devoted to my dogs. So it kind of expanded my view of what devotion is or can be. And that in of itself led to a greater exploration. Right. And it wouldn't have happened if we hadn't asked each other what we meant by devotion. Yes, yes, exactly. You know, um, there's a bunch of questions that you and I have come up with that help with exploration. For example, what's your definition of devotion? What's your definition of blank? You know, or why do you think that? How do you know that? Mm -hmm. What's your experience of that? What are the implications of that thought? What are your own thoughts on that? You know, these are all open-ended questions 
that tend to help your partner in exploration to explore? That's right. Those are hard questions to ask for people who want to do all the talking, but they're really easy for people who know how to listen. And, you know, sometimes you will get in a group. I think I probably do more talking than you on this podcast, but that can also be a paired, you know, that can be, we work differently. And the fact that I have more of a big mouth, maybe, um, and you ask more questions or you have a more poetic way of being actually can work well as an exploratory team. Not everybody's a pitcher. There's a pitcher, a catcher, or, you know, a first baseman, and that creates a team. That's right. You don't all have to be the same. Uh, you know, uh, there's often, uh, like in classic comedy acts, there's a, a straight man and a banana a top banana like Abbott and Costello. But I well, certainly I've never felt like I had to struggle to get a word in edgewise. So I never actually noticed that you do more talking than I. Oh, good, good. That makes me happy to hear. Sometimes I worry about that, but uh, I'm glad that you don't have that experience. So what is your experience of that, of how much we each participate or how we each participate differently well we just listen to each other and we see well does that how does that you know we look inside and see how it's landing and then yeah. see what it uh what it engenders what it sort of stimulates in our own um thought or our own feeling and experience but a lot of it has to do with the fact that because we're talking about awareness. Because we're talking about this kind of spiritual topic, we actually both sort of naturally fall into that space where we're sort of experiencing our conversation from awareness, from the background, and, and we're not so much forward-minded, even though we have the topic in mind and we have the time that's allotted in mind and all of that stuff. There's a, there's a feeling about it that's different from most conversations that I have with most people. Yeah, there's a curiosity. I, I guess you could call it the, an exploratory feeling. You know, we might want to call this podcast Awareness Explorers. Hmm, good title. I wonder if somebody's already come up with that. <laughs> and also, I mean, also throwing a little bit of humor and the fact that you actually... Uh, often will laugh at something that I think is humorous is helpful. You know, it's kind of like a lubricant. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So another how to do this is the don't know mindset, which is really something you have to discipline. Like, you know, let's say we take the topic of humility, which we did a couple times back. You know, we both have been around the block. We think we know what we know about humility. But the question is, what don't we know about humility? You know, because in the whole topic of humility, if that was 100 units, you know, you and I probably each know 20 of those units. So what don't we know? And what do you know that I don't know? And that's really exciting because I love yeah. learning. And a lot of times in our explorations, I feel like, I just expanded how I view humility or how I view devotion or how I view exploration. 
Yes, I've had that experience too. Uh, and there's another way of looking at at um, at that at that don't know mind. Um, one way that we just spoke about is that we learn. We we realize we don't know everything, and that there's new stuff to learn. And the other way of looking at it is don't know mind as a sort of a, a ground of being, a place to start from, a sort of all-encompassing. It's like when we talked about having no position. Mm -hmm. You are, with don't know mind, you are a newcomer. It's like um, imagining that you're a baby and you're seeing everything for the first time. There's a certain, uh, it's a pointer towards the clear, mirror-like, empty, silent field of awareness. You're very poetic sometimes, and I appreciate that you bring that. It, uh, and it does stimulate you know, something in me like, oh, that helps me to feel more deeply into a subject. So I, I really appreciate that. Um, and another aspect of this uh, we mentioned before was the yes and, like we take what you say and and try to take it deeper. In the group I was in, the, the tool was, and that means. So I say, you know, devotion is something that you can feel towards animals. And then you might say, and that means that we can expand beyond gurus and even animals to even concepts or to nature. And, and then I might say, and that means that Devotion is probably available all the time, but we have put it in a box and you keep like using those words to trigger you into taking a subject a little bit farther. That's right. Funny though, I, I didn't come up with, and that means in response to that, because I thought that was pretty complete. You can always, well, okay, this is another aspect that we sometimes keep ourselves from leaping into not knowing what we're going to say. Right. So, you know, you, you thought, oh, that's pretty complete. You didn't have an immediate response, but what if you had said, and that means, and you don't know what you're going to say next, you oh. then wait for something to come up and you hope that sounds reasonable, but that willingness to take these little risks of not knowing exactly what you're going to say is part of exploration. And that means that I was actually listening as opposed to thinking about what I'm going to say next and taking it in, which brings us to another point in your formula, helping other people feel heard through active listening. Yeah, because you got to create safety. You know, if if I'm interrupting or if I'm saying, nah, I don't agree with you, that's an idiot idea or something like that, you're, you're going to have a harder time revealing your innermost thoughts. So when I say, yeah, that's, that's so wise, Brian, or I love how you say that, it's another lubricant to help make it easier for people to feel safe enough to venture a little bit into unknown territory. 
That's right, because uh, we tend to shy away from unknown territory. But uh, when we feel safe, then we can. When we don't feel like we're going to be jumped upon or criticized, when we feel heard and when we feel that what we say is valued, then we're bolder and braver. Absolutely. And, and the feeling of being in unknown territory together is such a joy. You know, when, when people laugh together or, or, you know, sex or any group activity where you feel like you're really in the moment together, it doesn't get much better than that. And, you know, you can't have sex with everyone. I've tried and, you know, creates problems. <laughs> and you and some people you can't laugh with because they don't have a sense of humor. But you can, you know, for people who are your friends, potentially explore things together and get that feeling of we are in unknown territory together and we don't know what creative thing is going to occur. Right. Now, we're coming to the end of the notes that I took of the 10 elements of, of the formula that we talked about when we were preparing. And the 10th one was related to other concepts or metaphors. Yes. So in the, what I just said, I might say, well, have you ever done something where you don't know the outcome? but you're willing to do it. Maybe you're playing guitar and you, you're trying to write a song. Well, you're in the unknown and there's an excitement to it, or you're writing something, you don't know how the, how the writing is going to go, uh, or you're painting something. You know, it's that creative impulse. And that's kind of what we're looking for in exploration, when something new is created. And to relate metaphors that come up in you when talking about a subject can be very stimulating, not just for you, but for your partners in crime and trying to get some new light on a topic. Yes, and metaphors are so important, especially when we talk about the kinds of topics that we talk about. When we talk about pure awareness or universal consciousness, these are things, this is this is something that actual words can't really complete, can't really completely define or describe. And so we need metaphors. We need the finger pointing to the moon to help us get a sense of it, to turn our direction around back inward to ourselves, to, to pure experiencing, to beingness. Yeah, words are, uh, well, a term my old teacher once used is words are turds. Uh, <laughs> at least for explaining ultimate reality. And like, let's say we were exploring the topic of words, you know, their limitations. We'd say, when I say words are turds, you know, that explains a lot, you know. You that's right. To... <laughs> that, that's yeah. right. I like to, oh, go ahead. Well, trying to describe reality with words is a little bit like trying to describe color to a blind person. Yeah, good metaphor. Because words are basically designed to make distinctions between things. And something that's designed to make distinctions between things isn't the right tool that's going to help us realize that there is no distinction between things, that there is only 
one thing going on, that all is one, that's just universal consciousness. Yes, and words, if you take them with a grain of salt, can, as you said before, be like a finger pointing to the moon. As long as you don't get caught up on the finger, you can use words, as we do in this podcast, to continuously point us in the right direction or looking in the right direction. And the idea is to let them wash over you in a way that is a loosening of your intellect rather than a constricting of your intellect. Right. And actually, I thought of another one, an 11th uh, step in the formula, because, you know, I'm awesome. sorry, Brian, there's only 10. There can only be 10. 10 the round number. Uh, I think 10 is it for our audience is all they can handle. That would be an example of not exploring, uh-huh. not having open minds and all right. those things. And, and sometimes people do that. That's right. But Osgo to 11. Let's hear it. Okay. That's a spinal tap. Uh, reference for anyone who missed it right right (laughs) when we realize that everyone forms their opinions for emotional reasons we think we don't we think we've reasoned them out but we all believe what we believe for our own personal emotional reasons and when we know that about each other we somehow allow more differences of opinion because we realize where they're coming from of course it works best if everybody realizes that when when one person doesn't know that sometimes it can make it tough but everyone everyone the other thing to realize is everyone is pretty much everyone is everyone pretty much does what's in their own nature to do and everyone is doing their best Mm -hmm. i was once at a workshop your story reminded me of this, in which uh, there was a ball that was half red, it was red on one side, or half of it, and blue on the other side. And then there's a person who's looking at the blue side and a person looking at the red side. And they're each arguing about what the color of the ball is. You know, one saying the ball's blue, can't you see? I mean, it's obvious. And the other person saying it's red. I mean, you must be an idiot to not see that. I think that that's often the case is that we all have different experiences and we're trying to convince the other person that our experience wins. And we do that in in religion and spirituality all the time. You know, Jesus is the only answer. Buddha is the only answer. And that curtails learning. Now, you know, it might be that from your side, it does look like all Jesus. And from my side, it does look like all Buddha. But if you realize that we are, we have very different valid experiences and we can blend them and open to them, it makes us see the entire ball more clearly. Yeah. Seeing the entire ball, that's uh, really what, what we want. The whole ball of wax. The whole ball of wax. Because it's all one, one ball, one earth, one universe, one something. Right. One nothing. One nothing. <laughs> no, I'm sorry, Brian. It's one <laughs> everything. Ah, everything? Nothing. Hmm. 
Maybe both. Maybe both. Maybe, Maybe neither. Any final thoughts on how to help people explore or how they might begin this practice on their own? No, that, that 11 was my final thought. Okay, yeah, right. It's hard, it's hard to get to number 12. But um, <laughs> just to make an even dozen, I'd say uh, practice, you know, like any skill. It's not magic, it's practice. Practice with a friend. Have a friend listen to this podcast so that they know some of the skills as well. And if they listen to this, they'll know what to avoid. They'll have some tips on how to do it. And you can do it with any topic, spiritual or political or anything. You could do it with, you know, what is happiness? How, how do people become happy? You can do it with money. You can do it with anything. But I think if you really want to do it with friends and family, having them listen to the podcast is useful. And while they're at it, they can support us on Patreon with going to patreon.com forward slash awareness explorers and getting a bunch of stuff for as little as a dollar a month. We often give extra stuff to our Patreon supporters. So if this is something that turns you on and you want to tap into more learning, then uh, have people, you know, listen to this and give it some practice and you'll see that you probably get a lot better much more quickly than you might have imagined. That's right. And I hear you have a guided meditation for us. I do. Okay, here we go. This is a meditation about listening from awareness as awareness. But I'm going to start with your body sensations to help you get a sense of noticing your experience from awareness. Then we'll get into listening. And because when you're having a conversation with someone, you're usually looking at them. We'll touch on looking from awareness as well. So take a nice, easy, deep breath and relax. Take a quick inventory of what is appearing in awareness right now. Start with your body. What body sensations are appearing in awareness right now? Maybe there's a sense of weight or pressure on the chair or the floor. Maybe there's a breeze on your skin. Maybe there's a sense of tingling in your hands or your feet. Ask yourself, what is the clear field of awareness in which these sensations appear. That is the background of your experience. All experience is appearing in that background. See if you can step back internally and be the background awareness in which your sensations appear. You're not looking for something to see, you're looking for something to be, something that you already are. Now notice the sound of my voice. Notice both the words I'm saying and the spaces 
or pauses between the words and the phrases and the sentences. Ask yourself, what is the silent field of awareness in which these words appear? That is the background of your experience. It's the same background in which your body sensations appear. All experience is appearing in that background. See if you can step back internally and be the background awareness in which my words appear. You're not looking for something to see, you're looking for something to be, something that you already are. Notice that you can experience your body sensations and the sounds of my words at the same time. Not only at the same time, but in the same clear, silent, spacious field of awareness. This is the background of your experience. All experience is appearing in that background. And it's you. If your eyes are closed, open them as much as is comfortable and notice what's appearing. Maybe it's your computer screen or your phone or just the room that you're in or the outdoor space that you're in. Ask yourself, what is the clear field of awareness in which these sights appear? That is the background of your experience. All experience is appearing in that background. Notice that you can see what's appearing and feel your body sensations and hear the sound of my voice all at the same time. Not only at the same time, but in the same clear, silent, spacious field of awareness. See if you can step back internally again and be the background awareness in which these sights appear. Remember, you're not looking for something to see, you're looking for something to be, something that you already are. Now return to focus on my words, but listen from awareness, as awareness, as the background, behind and before. Some Buddhists call this the backward step. 
I like to call it the half step back. Just listen to the words from the background of awareness. Now you're going to imagine bringing this into the world of interactions with others. Close your eyes again, if you wish, and if it's safe to do so. Imagine that you're sitting opposite a friend and listening to them talk. You're looking at them and noticing that they are appearing in awareness, the background of all experience. Look at them from the background, as the background. Listen to the words they're speaking. You're listening to them and noticing that their voice and their words are appearing in awareness, the background of all experience. Listen to them from the background, as the background. Try this the next time you have a conversation. Start with someone you trust, someone with whom you don't feel you have to defend any of your ideas or actions. With practice, you can work up to more challenging people. Remember, listen from awareness, from the background. Be the background. Be awareness as you listen. Don't plan in your mind what you're going to say in response. Just listen from awareness as awareness. Knowing that the other is seeing and hearing you from the same background of awareness that you both are. Clear and mirror-like. Try it more than once. After a while, it'll become second nature and listening from awareness will open you to notice more and more of what the other person is communicating without the self-conscious churning that used to occupy your mind as you listened. It's a gorgeous paradox that when you listen from awareness as awareness, you're not focusing on yourself, your personality, your opinions, your ego, but instead you are more easily focusing openly on the other and hearing them deeply. Now, take another easy deep breath and at your own pace, open your eyes. I look forward to hearing how people do with this meditation of listening from awareness and also exploring with friends. And once again, you know, when you listen to our podcast, hopefully you take those ideas and method we talk about and try to integrate them into your life and we'd love to hear how that's going so feel free to contact us through our website awarenessexplorers.com 
and tell us how it's going. Uh, we love that type of feedback. And we hope that our words not just stimulate you intellectually, but also in a way that brings you more peace. I hear you. Yeah. Well, that was a good exploration, Brian. Yes, and I thank you for- a bunch more. <laughs> yes, me too, me too. And thank you for your formula uh, of, of how to explore with people. I thought that was really so useful and, and interesting to do the things that, that I sort of kind of did somewhat intuitively, but never really thought about. And I think it's great to really look at them and take them apart. And it's fun too. So Definitely. folks, try this with your friends and family. It's fun. And till next time, keep exploring. Keep exploring. Thank you for listening to Awareness Explorers. To learn more, you can check out our website at awarenessexplorers.com. Please subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast app. We'd love it if you would post a review. And please share our link on Facebook and with family and friends. Because knowing yourself as awareness is the greatest gift you can give yourself or someone you love.